the County Pulse Podcast, where we take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond and talk with our friends, neighbors, and movers and shakers. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the County Pulse and drop a follow. Welcome our host, Jeff Dexter. Now let's get this thing started. Joining me today is Coach Big Pete Lineweber, publisher of Deep Dish Football. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Coach, and welcome to the County Pulse Podcast. Thank you for having me on. I wanted to have you on and kind of get the pulse of Deep Dish Football and some of the great things that you're doing and that you provide as the publisher of Deep Dish Football. But I also kind of want to talk a little bit about you and get to know you and then jump uh, into the thick of it with uh, Deep Dish Football. So, Coach... Where did you grow up at? I grew up a little first the first couple of years in Forest Park, but most of my life in Westmont, Illinois. So, did you play high school football? Yep, played uh, high school football, Westmont High School, defensive tackle, nose guard. And were you lucky enough to go on and play at the college level, or were you like me? I played ball, and then that was about it for me. I played. I actually got uh, a funny story. Uh, played at a did spring training at College of DuPage, and I busted my knee and ended my football career. It's interesting that you say that. I had a daughter who played sports and uh, went to college, and she had a four-year scholarship, but she ended up getting hurt, and luckily enough, they honored her scholarship. I understand that. You go to college to play, and next thing you know, something happens, and you know, knee injuries and uh, football, concussions and stuff, that's what she ended up with was a concussion and so they said nah no more that's it for you so i i yep. get that how's it been for you as a person for you being the publisher of deep dish football dealing with COVID 19 it's been tough it's been tough but usually around this time i go to camps high school camps and i'd also be going to college camps and looking at some of the players scouting some players but it's tough so a lot of people in my position now we're relying more and more on game film because we can't go out to see these kids at camp. It's been a really odd year for for everything, but in particular for football. And a lot of parents I talk to, you know, some are impatient. Most are impatient. I, I should say all are impatient. Uh, some, yeah. some aren't as understanding. But I can only imagine, as crazy as it is for us, got to be even crazier for the IHSA just to make sure that you get the kids back and get them back in school and, you know, make sure that they're safe. And so I tell people, hey, you know, this is something unusual. Just be patient. So, Coach, I wanted to give everyone kind of some insight into Deep Dish Football. And on your website, under the About tab, reads that Deep Dish Football at one time was not Deep Dish Football, but... You said just an old group of coaches in the in their 50s that would hang out Southside Neighborhood Bar Saturday night and talk about their week in coaching. How do you remember that time and some of the things that went on during that time? That started way before my time. That started with Publisher One, and it started with a panel of coaches. Uh, at that time, there were 24 coaches that were a little bit angry at some of the media outlets and some, especially with pay for recruiting services, targeting kids. They decided to basically put their foot down. I was introduced to those coaches after my third year of coaching because I was that, I was really down on high school football. I was really angry at some of the things that were going on with football, especially with pay for recruiting services and just too many middlemen in the game. And 
it started with a group of friends of coaches in the South Side, Canaryville, and it grew into more of coaches all over the state of Illinois, from 24 coaches to 34 coaches was our maximum as a panel, to now we only have four coaches and me. But that had to be a pretty interesting time. I think it's a lot like out of the industry I came out of, which was the labor movement, I was a union official for 26 years. Used to be back in the day when dad came home and said he had to go to the meeting. Everybody went. Uh, now, yeah. good luck, right? Everybody's got so many other distractions and things uh, going on. Plus, you're running kids everywhere. And- oh, yeah. It's, it is tough to even get a meeting. And we usually do a meeting every three months, but now we do it every six months. And it's just tough. It's tough because of work, kids, family, and other things that go on, especially coaching other sports, too. Your And your site goes on and say, but as coaches got older, retired, and the tradition went to other coaches and you know their sons yeah. and, and younger coaches. And then in 2014, you, and you talked about this, there was some disgust with what was going on in Illinois high school football with the greed, too many middlemen, parents, coaches, uh, you know, coaches not fit to coach forums. I remember that period of time. Yeah. My daughter's playing. It could get really ugly, and it turned into yeah. not really a constructive device. It really turned into a way to bash other organizations or other teams yeah. or other kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, you mentioned 2014. Kind of what what in, at that time do you recall that kind of came up to said, hey, you know what, we've got to do some things differently? I think the thing was, you mentioned in this in about article too, the forums, the forums attacking coaches, attacking kids. That's what really teed off a lot of people and a lot of coaches, just attacking straight up kids. And you have parents literally using fake accounts to attack kids just so they can get their sons recruited more, which it didn't help them one bit. It, it actually came back and it hit them back in the butt because you're putting your information out there um, and you're using a credit card or that, it's going to come back and hit you back in the butt. And that's what happened. But just attacking coaches and coaches, they go through so much. They do so much. The, the football coach spends very little time with his family and his family's that football team. And for him to just be attacked for absolutely no reason, not good. Yeah, and I think what happens is, and this seems to happen more and more in sports, is that it becomes less about the kids and more about the adults. And what we found in different sports, we have three kids and all of them played sports, was it wasn't so much the kids that were a problem. It was the parents who were a problem sometimes. And the kids were just out there to work hard, play a good game, and you know, hopefully come out on the winning side there. So at that point, you were thinking, hey, you know what, let's kind of expand this. I wasn't aware of your, you guys prior to 2014, but I know you talk about a little bit in your, on your website that you note that people, and, and I assume these are journalists or people that claim to be journalists saying that they represent the whole state of Illinois, but never been south of Joliet in their life. You've ran this and you've had five publishers of this and They've been selected and all five have done a really good job. And, you know, the few hiccups here and there is probably have some today in this podcast. But talk a little bit, if you would, Coach, about the issue, because this is something that really speaks to me, is that people talk about sports 
But they're only talking about, and oftentimes, the big market areas, which is Chicago. You know, you can get down into Springfield. I don't really get down into there. But it's not really representative, truly, of the entire state, is it? No, no, it's not. You have people saying that, well, I'm doing the whole Illinois scene of football. And they're just doing the Chicagoland area. And if they're lucky, they're doing a little bit of Springfield area. But again, if you take a, a trip, a car trip down 55, and you can count the, all the high schools that you drive past, those are a lot of high schools and a lot of small towns. And the main thing was for Deep Dish Football, when I was named publisher, my main request was I want to do more of small school football. And they said, okay, no problem. So back then, two years ago, I think it was 2017, I was doing two to three Interstate 8 games, the old Interstate 8. I was doing those type of games and I just love small school football. And I think it does a disservice when you say that you represent the state of Illinois and you cover the whole state of Illinois, but you just do the Chicago land area. Yeah. And it speaks to me and it's not, you know, look, our, our school, uh, BBCHS is a, is a larger, uh, 7A school in football. But when I think yeah. about it, I've got some friends that, uh, my son had played travel basketball as well. Um, yeah. And we had some friends from down at Iroquois West, south of yeah. us, small town. The one kid was just a really, really good. I mean, they're, they're both good kids, but they're, he was a really, really good football player. And his brother, younger brother, uh, who I think is a freshman, he, he decided to stay with basketball. He's 6'9". And I'm thinking, who's talking about those kids? Who's really giving yeah. them the opportunity? And for every time I think about... Those boys down there, I think, how many other boys down there, how many other girls down there, you know, that play in a sport that we don't really focus on. And I had one of the head varsity coach from Mantino on, and I told him, I love small school basketball, too, because the fundamentals. I mean, when you look at the fundamentals and what they do, and to think about a community that's small like that, that can put that kind of product, right? That kind of team on the field that, you know, that's working magic in my mind. And we need to spend more time doing that. And that's kind of why I started this was, you know, I I do all kinds of stuff. I talk to everybody and and I really talk to everybody because I want to know the things they're doing. But I always have a soft spot for sports uh, because we spent so much time with my daughter. Um, But you're right. I think these small town schools have been overlooked for such a long time. And I'm hoping, you know, that in some small way, uh, while I'm going through my issues, that I can be of assistance for some of those kids. Because when my daughter played softball and she ended up going out east to play, she was about the fifth person to sign. And I thought, well, then I'll be done. I'll be able to breathe then, right? You know, because I was worried about that. And what I found, Coach, was that I was more nervous about the remaining kids. Yeah. You, know, you worry about them. You, you kind of take them in as your own. And uh, I think it speaks to people who think of other people in that sense and think about, hey, you know what? And I, I said this to my daughter when she played softball when she was younger. We yeah. ended up having to take her north. We didn't have anything down here. I said, those kids aren't born up there any different than what we are. These, there's some good yeah. kids down here. And there's good kids throughout the state. So that's great that you really focus on that and, and get that as part of your goal to get that coverage for those folks and, and those kids. Um, but that's yeah. that's not the only thing that, that you've done in, what, spring of 
2019, you had the foresight through the publisher at Deep Dish Football to do some free recruiting seminars. Again, another thing that speaks to me personally. Can you talk a little bit about that? So I started doing the free recruiting seminars spring of 2019. Um, invited just anyone that's interested to the Westmont Library to talk to them about recruiting and just to slam down the message that recruiting is free. Recruiting's free. You don't need to pay a middleman and none of that stuff. And I had some guests with uh, Lemming, uh, a Clint Cosgrove, two better scouts, well-known scouts in the state of Illinois, and just explained to them the whole scouting, how we scout kids, what's the best way for kids to get exposure, and what they need to do to impress a college coach. Yeah, and I think that's really important. We, you know, we had a, I won't say the recruiting recruiting service, but we had a recruiting service come in to the high school last year. One of our friends, her son played basketball with our kid. Our kids now focus more on football. Um, and she's got enough money, but I think she paid, I don't know, $2,000, $3,000. And, you know, great for her. She's got the money to do that. I think it's money wasted uh, to some extent, but I think sometimes what happens is people don't know that there is free recruiting. You mentioned Matt as an example and Clint, and I was lucky enough to meet them at uh, uh, a showcase when I helped work uh, the showcase up at uh, EFT and talked to them a little bit and and kind of picked their brains on, on what was going on. And I don't think people understand that you don't have to spend that $3,000. Now, again, when you think about someone that has $3,000, you know, hey, if you've got the extra money and you want to spend it, I guess you can. But what happens is the folks that really are trying to make it, both economically and have the opportunity for kids to maybe play at that next level, they think, well, if so-and-so did it, then I got to do it. And oh, yeah. you're shelling out that money, and that puts you in a bad spot. Oh, yeah. And I've had numerous countless parents that I've had to tell not to do this, but they take a mortgage out on their house. It's unreal. And, you know, when you talk about it, I know Clint did a video. I was coming back from Minnesota from Mayo Clinic and uh, we turned on his YouTube while we were coming back and listened to it. And it was how to be recruited during the COVID-19 stuff. And it was great. They do a really great service. Yeah, And they get provided their compensation because colleges are saying, hey, what do you got out there? What can you do? So yeah. it's not like it's Joe Bag of Donuts that shows up and says, hey, I'm going to do this. They're out there. They're yeah. doing that. Um, and it's important for them. There is some some uh, compensation there for them. Yeah. Uh, and so since they have that compensation, they're able to do it. And, and to be honest with you, they do a really good job of it. And it cost me absolutely zero for me and my wife to listen to Clint and, and to read up on Matt and stuff like that uh, and hook up with those guys about recruiting without paying a dime. And I, I just don't think that parents understand that enough. You can't do anything with a parent that says, hey, thanks for the advice, Coach Pete. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the advice, Jeff, or whatever I'm doing, I got to do. But there's a lot of people who think that just doesn't happen. And it does yeah. happen. And yeah. So... I think that's the one of the things, again, that speaks to me is the fact that we educate parents and players that there's an opportunity out there to be recruited without, and you said it, without mortgaging your home, right? 
Yeah, definitely. It's becoming a problem now. Well, and deep dish football, just in the few years that you've been around, you've become a pretty respected source for recruiting info uh, for college coaches and for high school coaches. And, and, you know, you're rubbing up against many aspects and many opinions uh, doing better than these multi-million dollar publications and services that are out there. For me personally, I think it's luck because I'm lucky to have a good following. I'm lucky to have parents that understand, and I'm lucky to have people that are willing to listen. It's pure luck. It's just just my personal feeling because I'm not a great speaker, as you can tell in my videos. But, yeah, I've been lucky to have a great following. Well, I I think you can count. uh, uh, This is just... Me speaking, I think you can count luck as as a portion of that. But I think what really hits home for parents and players and stuff is you're a no-nonsense kind of guy. Don't pay for recruiting. There's no need to pay for recruiting. And once people start hearing that, it isn't about, well, you know, here come over to my site because I'm going to offer you this. Everything that Deep Dish Football does is 100% free, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100% free. I don't charge anyone. That was just one of the main things for Deep Dish Football, to be a free teaching tool for parents and recruits. Being, as, as you refer to yourself, publisher six, you're responsible for the publishing of, the, of Deep Dish Football, the site. You do Facebook Live stuff and everything. I think, but I think it's important to know that on your site it says you don't claim to be a journalist. Uh, mm-hmm. Be disrespectful to call yourself a journalist, uh, just like a journalist, mm-hmm. journalist calling him a football expert who never played, scouted, or coached. But you say, you know, hey, you're a blogger. You may not have the best grammar. You may not uh, when you're writing things and stuff. But that stuff is minor when you're talking about trying to get information out to kids. And it's so nice that kids can, you know, fill out your questionnaire. You can highlight them. You can look at them. Uh, and... That gives a, that kid an opportunity then to say, hey, you know what? I'm highlighted on Deep Dish Football. They can put it out on their Twitter or whatever. And that, you know, that's a very unique thing in, in football that I learned pretty quickly. When I was doing it for my daughter, I would have pamphlets made, pictures, everything, and we would go to showcases all over the country. I'd walk up, coach came up, no matter how big or how small, I'd say, coach, here's, we're from the Hawks, here's this information on our players, what are you looking for? And we had their picture, their GPA, their number and stuff like that. And, you know, they'd say, I'm looking for a 2012 pitcher. And I'd say, well, we have a couple of these over here, a couple of these are committed or whatever. Now, that still may be in softball, but that's not the game in football. The game in football, from what I understand, a lot of it is self-promotion. And a lot of things that people are telling me uh, is a focus on Twitter, right? I mean, you got to go on you got to go on the college sites, fill out their stuff and everything. But Twitter, one, keeping it clean, but also letting them know that you're working hard, you're doing things uh, combined with huddle, right? That's an important thing. Yeah. But it's yeah. almost like you're your own media company sometimes. Do you think that's that's a fact? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be, um, like, because of the quarantine and the stay-at-home order, you had a lot of kids that were worried about their huddles. And I said, put videos of yourself working out. There was a kid up north who, who put a video of himself working out. 
Later that week, he got a scholarship from Fordham University because they were impressed with his workout video. Um, you have to expose yourself to college coaches. Tweet out your huddles to college coaches. My main thing is fill out the free recruiting questionnaires on the college team's website. Fill out five, six every day till you get over 100. I've had a lot of kids, that's the main thing that they keep forgetting uh, is to fill out those free recruiting questionnaires on the college team's website that will give you immediate exposure. Tweeting out your huddles to college coaches, following college coaches on Twitter, that is one of the best ways for exposure for your for the kid. Well, and maybe I'm being naive here, but I think... And maybe this is just the optimist in me, but I think that there's a place for just about every kid who's got some talent and puts in the hard work. Now, it may not be, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we've seen that in the sport my daughter played, people are in love with the big names. In softball and, and that sport at that time was Northwestern was coming up, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma, stuff like that. But she ended up going to a small Division One school. She now says she, don't get me wrong, she enjoys the, you know, she's graduated, she's got her degree, got her master's degree, and she's an accountant. And she loves the school, but it's a lot of hard work. And I think that people think, well, my kid's got to go Division One. There is a spot, whether it be any of the JUCO uh, programs left, there are spots from NAIA all the way up to Division One. And you just got to be smart enough to realize that, in my mind, it's a puzzle. One of the things that uh, Clint talked about was looking on the website and seeing if you're a tight end at your high school and you're six foot and you want to go play football here, but their tight ends are six six, you may not be looking at the right school or looking at the rosters to see where kids are at. You know, if you're getting ready to, in a, in a couple of years, to go to a school, and, and again, I'll use a tight end example, you've got six or seven freshman guys that are listed as tight ends at that college. You may be able to go there, but you may not get the playing time that you think because they've already loaded up uh, that team. So it's one of those things where people got to understand – there's an art to that too, right? There's an art of figuring out what the expectations are. And Division One isn't the end-all, be-all. There are a lot of great schools from JUCO all the way up that kids can go to and still continue their career. Because at the end of the day, you know, my daughter got out, got a great job, and uh, makes about what I make after 26 years. So, you know, that's a pretty good deal. And that's what you got to remember. I mean, and everyone falls in love with being the next star quarterback in the NFL and stuff. But what we're looking at is we're looking at an education component that's really, really important. No, you're absolutely right. Um, in Division three schools, there is a tremendous tradition, a great education, and a great way to make friends for a lifetime. And these Division three schools all provide that. Division two schools as well, NAIA and JUCO schools too. I know I have a bunch of friends that play Division Three football, and they are still friends today with their teammates, Division Three teammates. But Division Three schools, I love those coaching staffs. Um, those coaches go on to bigger and better schools, but there's a feeling of a small, a small sense of community in that college, those small college football programs. And not to mention, there's a great shot at 
a per student to professor ratio. So if you need help, the help is there. Yeah, and that was one of the things that you never know where you're going to end up at when you're a player. And again, I, I keep referring to the only thing that I know, Pete, uh, is when my daughter went to Providence, it's a very small I didn't even know what Providence was until someone said Rick Patino and I connected the basketball, then I understood. But it was a very small school. Um, yeah. Had a real small quad, but it was beautiful campus. And they had that ratio that you're looking for. And I think from her perspective, the college life was good. What became problematic besides her injury while she was playing was it's a, whether you're at a small school or a large school, it's not a joke to play a sport and go to school. It's almost, for her, it was like a full-time job. So she was up at 4.30 working out. Then they would have to go eat. Then they would have to do this. And they were very regimented in what they had to do. And so she would get up at 4.30 and be to bed at 12.30 at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, because that's what her day was. And so the good thing was that it was a small enough school. So I agree with you. I think these small schools, again, we're talking about small schools. We talked about high schools. I think oftentimes people overlook that yeah. as, as an important component for your son or any of your athletes to go there. Now, on your site, it says, because you're pretty clear that you hate recruiting services. And, oh, I, I hate them with passion. Yeah. And so I, I know why, but can you explain your philosophy just so – our listeners know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Um, well, with the whole recruiting, pay for recruiting services that I have that I've known, when they send emails to college coaches with their list of players, it usually gets deleted. The only recruiting services that they listen to are the ones that they personally pay for, and like like uh, Clint Cosgrove or National Preps, a uh, Matt Lemming. And um, those type of scouts that they pay, actually, XOS Digital, I'm sorry, Brian Alt, he's another guy to look out for too as well. But these pay for recruiting services, send their list to coaches, and it's either in spam or it's in the trash. Do not waste your money on a pay for recruiting service. I've had, I, you, and then you have the middlemen, who I call the street agents, who will just take a blatant amount of cash and say, yeah, I got the connections. And in actuality, they have no connections whatsoever. And what they do is they fill out the free recruiting questionnaire and they act like it's part of that. It was their part of their connection. So I have, there's no love lost between me and pay for recruiting services. Again, I wanted you on to talk about deep dish football, but one of the reasons I wanted you on because you're part of deep dish football is because you can talk really straightforward and you don't mince any words about the things that I feel about, you know, I feel yeah. passionate about, which is, and if you think football's bad, I got a little experience with travel basketball. I, yeah. I, I talked to buddy in softball and I told him, we're thinking about doing this thinks He wants to play travel ball. He said, Jeff, I'm going to tell you, it's the wild West and it is the wild West. I, I say it in some of these sports, Everybody's got a side hustle. So you've got to make sure that you don't become part of their side hustle because they're just looking to make a buck and they're not really worried about you. And I would assume talking about colleges that are they're paying for, that they're paying attention to, 
It's like anything else. If you're paying for somebody to mow your lawn, you want to make sure that they're mowing your lawn. If you want to make sure you hire someone to do construction at your house or fix up your bathroom, you're paying for it. You want to make sure that stuff's getting done. And so those colleges are going to focus on the cleanse and the mats and stuff like that because that's what they're paying for. Well, and you go on to say that deep dish football, this is who you support. So everybody, if there's thing you take away from this from deep dish football is who do you support? Deep dish football supports people who put the kids first and not their egos first. Journalism that have journalistic integrity, which is tougher to do these days. Support people who put the kids first. That's an important thing. We've touched on that. And that parents... And coaches don't matter. And again, I go back to my earlier podcast. It goes back to the issue of having kids first. And uh, yeah. I think that's really, really important to have that philosophy. It's one of the most important things. I mean, I I was away from high school football for a long time. And I came in as a coach. And I was completely shocked at the behavior of the parents and the middlemen and all the other stuff. It's just, it's high school football is about one thing and one thing only is about the kids. That's it. Nobody else. Well, and going back and touching, uh, you you know, we talked a little bit about the recruiting with uh, Clint and Matt and some of those guys you work with, uh, Clint Cosgrove and uh, Matt Lemming. And those are the guys that you've focused on. Are there other folks that you, that you're aware of that parents can be aware of? So think when I'm thinking about fellow parents, you know, my wife's got a booster club, football booster club meeting tonight, but I think it's important, and I talked with Coach Cole about this today, I think it's important that our parents are really educated in a lot of areas, and I I know they've got a lot going on, but the more we can educate them about the program, about what the AHSA is doing, but in particular, what's important for them, because Coach Cole talked today about the philosophy of all the players loving each other, caring for each other, and stuff like that. And we have to start caring and loving for each other. And one of the ways you can do that is making sure that people aren't spending thousands and thousands of dollars to send their kids to school when they've got some great folks out there who can help them along and and help with that path if uh, if that's something they want to do and they're able to do. Yeah, uh, one guy that I would definitely recommend, and he's new. He's new to Illinois. Uh, this is going to be his first. Well, actually, he's done with one year already. Is Brian Ott from XOS Digital? He does scouting too. Brian Ott, XOS Digital, yeah. definitely a guy to look out for. Okay, I'm familiar with. In fact, I think Brian was one of the guys that I met. I didn't get a chance to to talk too much. Uh, he's talked, I believe, with our son course with with some of the stuff that i've got going on medically including the pandemic stuff's kind of put these things a little bit in the back burner but now that kind of got a partner with a hospital that's going to do my medical stuff that i need to get done and that's what i kept telling every place i went to is i'm just looking for a partner and they've given me goals and so that's my that's that's important for me and i think it's important for us to have goals and, and part of the goals is uh, to educate our parents and let them know what's out there. You know, Coach Coleman today about talking to some of the parents about some of this stuff because I think 
he worries too. He sees these kids that come to school and, and sometimes we're pretty lucky. We, you know, I, I tell my wife, we've got a house over our head. We've got a car, you know, even though I've got some things going on, we're lucky. We're blessed. Uh, there's some kids who don't know where their food's coming from. Parents are working two, three jobs. And so that leaves a lot of time for kids to get into trouble and have idle hands and, and stuff like that. So as they're out trying to pay bills and do stuff, the last thing they need is somebody pulling money out of their pocket that they don't need to be pulled out of their pocket for recruiting yeah. service. Yeah. So we're talking today with uh, Coach Big Pete from Deep Dish Football that provides a real insight into all of Illinois high school football. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. Um, and he does a great job of offering and highlighting high school players all for the price of free which is really important, and that means no cost. And he's doing the things that are right. I stumbled across them. Uh, I don't remember how I stumbled across you, but I liked you. I liked what you had to say. I liked that you were no nonsense, and it spoke to me because I've seen other people make uh, the same mistakes that we've talked about as spending a ton of money on things. Um, so looking at the upcoming year, which is going to be odd for us, would you mind talking a little bit about what you see as movers and shakers or teams that you think are going to compete at different levels of IHSA state football? Sure. If things if things happen, because you have a wealth of knowledge. I love to hear you talk a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, I know all this stuff can change, but, yeah, and we have various classes in this area. Uh, you know, the great thing about a podcast can go anywhere in the world, but certainly in this area we have smaller schools, bigger schools and stuff like that. But, if we could, and, you know, you can touch as much or as little on it as you want, getting into some of the smaller schools like the Class 1 classes, what are you hearing or what are you, what's the drumbeat out there for the, uh, the smallest division that we've got in the state of Illinois? Well, for 1A, it's, it's looking like another NUIC year. For the NU from the NUIC conference, Forreston is stocked and ready to go. Lena Winslow, who just won the title last year, is another team that you have to keep an eye out for. Another team to look out for that's emerging, that'll be emerging late in the season is Aquin Catholic. But I'm looking at some other teams too, like a Camp Point Central, an Ottawa Marquette, and I really, really like Aurora Christian with Ethan Hampton, a quarterback who is committed to NIU. That's an amazing thing to be 1A quarterback and be committed in, to uh, Northern football. So that that tells me, for the players out there, anything's possible. And I'm going to ask you when we wrap up here, so keep this in the back of your mind, how the hell do you keep track of all this and how do you know all this? But we'll get to that in a minute. Class 2A, what are you seeing in Class 2A? For Class 2A, I see a surprise team, and it's from the area, Clifton Central, Jay Leminger, a quarterback. I really like him. I like the passing attack at Clifton Central, and I like the offensive line. Another team I'm keeping an eye out for is Gibson City. Fieldcrest, I always got to keep out an eye for Fieldcrest. Keep an eye out also for Chicago Christian. St. Teresa Decatur, always a good team. And my last team, they always do damage in November, Merrill Forsyth for 2A. Yeah, those are some names. Obviously, I'm familiar with Clifton Central, but even those names uh, that I don't know personally you know them because they are stalwarts when it comes to their classes. Uh, let's take a yep. look at Class 3A. For 3A, I coach 
against them. I can never, ever count them out. Wilmington will always have a great squad. Coach Rentz does a wonderful job. Quincy Notre Dame, Coach Cornell, he's got Ike Wiley, a quarterback. They're ready. They're suited to go for a deep run in the playoffs. Princeton, Rondé Warles, who's a multi-sport athlete, is another player to keep an eye out for. Brian, another team to keep an eye out for. Great offensive line. Mander Day with uh, Ron Meyer at a quarterback. He leads a great passing attack. Another team to keep an eye out for is Fairfield. The Fairfield Mules from the Black Diamond Conference, who I absolutely adore. And Mount Carmel, downstate Illinois, the Golden Aces. They got a great quarterback in Caleb Appleby. He's also a tight end, 6'7". Wow, that's a big boy there. What are you seeing out of Class 4? For 4A, I, I see as a top dog team as always. Great team, Matt Bone, coaching secondary. Coach Kraft, they always, he always comes up with something new for that team. Richmond Burden has a great opportunity to repeat as champion. Also, keep an eye out for Stillman Valley. I really like Cole City. He got a nice transfer from Plainfield South High School. Bishop Mackle's good this year. They're going to have a tough schedule, but we'll see what happens. And I like Illinois Valley Central High School as well. They're great goals in 4A. Yeah, and some of those schools like Cole City and some of those, I don't know what they do west of us, but uh, they must feed them something special because they always have good. Again, I'm not using this in a derogatory. They have good product on the field, on the court, on the wrestling yeah. mats. I don't know what they do out there. Um, they they do some great things. That, you know, of course, my kid goes to BB, but my oldest daughter went to Bishop Mack. So I'm always rooting for them, rooted for Bishop Mack over Bradley and uh, whenever they played. And now I wish for Bradley over Bishop Mack. So I'm a lover uh, when it fits me, and I'm a disliker when it fits me too. So a yeah. lot, of, a lot of these schools I, I do know. How how are we looking in uh, Class Five A? So Cliff, for Class Five A, always bet on the Rochester Rockets. Derek Leonard's got that team ready to go. St. Rita, great offensive line coming back. Caleb Brown is their absolute, is an absolute beast. Hillcrest High School, keep an eye out for. Sacred Heart Griffin, a great team, great offensive line, defensive line returning. Julia Catholic, wow. That team is stacked. Mount Zion, another team to keep an eye out for. A great passing attack. Morris High School, I like. Do not sleep on Morris this year. I think Morris is going to have a great year. Fenwick High School. It's got one of the best passing attacks in the state of Illinois. St. Lawrence, another team that I really like with their athletes. My surprise school is Glenbard South. Okay. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Rochester. I think it was a year after uh, my daughter graduated. It may have been senior year. I forget what it was. But uh, Bishop Mack played Rochester. We went down there. And I've never seen a passing game like that before in my life. And uh, we were lucky enough to get out of the first quarter uh, only a few points down, and then they just uh, killed us. But there's a relationship there. Not that I want to break uh, our importance of talking about the classes, but there's a there's a relationship for a long time between Rochester and Sacred Heart, Griffith, and Springfield. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, Father Ken Leonard is uh, coach, head coach of Sacred Heart, Griffin. Derek Leonard, the head coach of the Rockets, was also coach of Sacred Heart, Griffin, and also played quarterback at Sacred Heart, Griffin, too. Yeah, it's a pretty unique uh, relationship, and I think they play each other. Is that correct? The, yep, in the Central State Eight. That's got to be some interesting discussions around the Thanksgiving table and oh, yeah. different times. I'm sure. What are you seeing? Cool. What are you uh, seeing coming out of Class Six A? So for Six A, 
I see a very underrated Simeon team that looks just great with athletes, athletic offensive line too. Prairie Ridge with that great run style option offense along with Kerry Grove, same conference from the Fox Valley. I see the best team in Illinois in 6A, East St. Louis. East St. Louis has just got a dynamic group of players. Keep an eye out for Peoria. Great group of players. Keep an eye out for Dionysus Hogan. Antioch, with the Greek rifle quarterback and his brother at wide receiver, Dino. Keep an eye for Antioch. Rock Island, a great offense. That he's got a transfer, Cole Rusk out of Rockridge. 6'7 wide receiver. And Springfield High School is my dark horse team with quarterback Rashid below shell to keep an eye out for. All right, moving on to Class 7A. What are you seeing at Class 7A? So for 7A, the favorite team that was a couple months ago was Nazareth. But Nazareth is going to go some changes with J.J. McCarthy transferring down to Florida and their top wide receiver, Landon Morse, transferring out of state back to Indiana. Batavia football, they're going to be good with Nazareth being the weak link in the 7A. In the 7A. Mount Carmel looks great. They have a great chance to repeat. Willowbrook has a tremendous offensive line. Lake Zurich High School, great athletes. Ron Plants doing a wonderful job with that team. Phillips High School looks great with Tyler Turner, the young quarterback, and Harlem up in north, outside of Rockford, Mackenzie Park in Harlem. James Cooper, quarterback, is a broad quarterback in the state of Illinois. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I think uh, that Nazareth player went to IMG. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Assumed because they're a little bit more laxed and and open on their issue of making sure he could play football. So, yep. And so, Coach, what are you seeing in the larger schools, which are Class 8A? Well, in 8A, I definitely see uh, some talented defenses, especially a foreign uh, township. They're hungry for uh, after a tough loss, state title loss. Um, I see them as a team to look out for. Lincoln Way East, another tough team. Especially they got uh, the quarterback left, but they got a nice little transfer out of Ottawa and Galetti and quarterback Evanston Township. You can never you can never go wrong with Evanston. Another team that is overdue a good successful run is Main Self. I really like what Main Self has. Another team that I'm very interested in is Hinsdale Central. They are stacked with talent. They could go far in the playoffs as well. Um, Stevenson High School underrated passing attack this season. They look good as well, but I think the top dog for 8A, what I can see is Lyle Academy. They are just stacked with a talented defense, a talented offense, a great offensive line. Josh Krutz, Olin Krutz's son at center, but Lyle Academy is definitely a team to keep an eye out for. All right. Very good. And also, if you've got some time, I'd love to get your thoughts, and I'm sure our listeners would as well, on some of the local teams. If you give us yep. some of your thoughts and feedback real quick on some of these teams in our area. Uh, let's talk about – let's skip over my team. We'll wait till last. Let's talk about Kankakee. Kankakee, um, I, like their, I like their athletes. I love Pittman. Uh, their key game to me is – they actually have two key games, Washington and Crete Monique. I think what's going to be key is how their offensive line performs. Yeah, Kankakee's doing a good job both on the basketball court and football. Uh, they're putting some things uh, right together. I think I talked to the founder of a 
travel basketball organization I was a part of and, and his vice president of his organization that made their team, in my opinion, better on the basketball side. And I know they've done some great things as well on the football field. So that's great. How about uh, Bishop McNamara? Your schedule is a little tough. Young squad. I think the big test game is going to be Cole City, but I do believe they're going to go five and four and make the playoffs. And I don't think you can ever count out Bishop Mack when you've got, at least in my opinion, you got Rich Zanani as part of that school over there because yep. he's done some great things there. Um, some schools that I don't know a lot about, but they're in our area. Like I said, I spoke to one varsity basketball coach, uh, Mantino. Mantino actually has a pretty tough schedule. Uh, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is the Hersher game, which is their last game. I think that's going to be key for them. Keep an eye out for athlete Levesque and their offensive lineman, Josh Geske, who is currently holding 81 offers. That's at Mantino? Yeah. Wow. That's, I learn something new every day. So. Uh, how about moments? Uh, moments at one point uh, came through. It's the town that I grew up when I was little bitty, and uh, I'm going to be hopefully talking with their football coaches there. I, I've been communicating with them. They're going to wait a little bit closer to season. Uh, but do you see anything going on at moments? And what's your thoughts on those guys? Uh, same as a little bit same as KTP again. Affleck backfield offensive lines of worry. Reed Custer will be the big game that they face. And one other team that maybe you know a little bit about, I, I mentioned to them earlier, is Iroquois West. Uh, I've been talking with those folks, going to have those folks on as well. Um, I know they've really started bulking up, at least from what I hear, their football program. What can you tell me about them? Uh, great size on the line. Clayton Leonard, back from injury, is a offensive lineman and defensive lineman for Corey West. He's a Division One player to keep an eye out for. Well, it's funny you mentioned Clayton because when I mentioned two good young men, him and his brother, Clayton was one of the kids, played basketball, was it, wasn't last year's year before travel. He is a strong kid. Uh, he did have an injury, but he's been up at some of the showcases. You know, EFT had a showcase that we were at and uh, just an overall good family. So, great to hear and i've got some video that uh he sent me that uh he's out working hard and doing the hard things and i'm sure a lot of those kids are down there now one team that i didn't tell you was on your list but you mentioned i was trying to think of teams around here was you mentioned mantino's going to play hersher what do you know about hersher and our our neighbors to the to the west do you know anything about them against they're uh, they're always a tough team let's all have that team on base this season uh my main thing my main worry is their passing attack as you're talking about the schools and stuff i keep thinking hopefully by the time football gets here i've been through what i need to be through and i would love to check out basketball at some of these schools and check out football and we mentioned him earlier what do you know about bbchs uh, Bradley Barbier, they graduate Hartsfield and Dunn, but I'm really looking forward to their special teams with Colin Hopkins, who is just an absolute stud. Grayson Dexter, who's another stud player as well for Bradley Barbier, who's going to have a breakout season this year as well. A lot of these young players, but for their schedule, um, they start off with Chicago uh, CIC Longwood. I have that as a win. I think the game of the season is going to be against O'Fallon Township. If they can get things rolling early, I know Coach Cole can. They have a tough game against Lincoln Way East. 
They got a great shot at a win at Lincoln Way Central, and they have a tough game at Bolingbrook. But after that, they have four games of Andrew, Stagg, Lincoln Way, Western, Sandberg, where they could get a W. This is a team-based offense, a team-based defense. And I think Coach Vogel, especially on the defensive line, is going to have a great season. I think that defensive line is underrated, especially with their defensive tackles. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to reveal any secrets here or anything, Coach Pete. I'm just saying, how the heck do you keep track of all this stuff? I mean, there's so many schools throughout the state, and there isn't anybody you don't know. It is tough. It is really tough. I actually I actually have a state of the Illinois map posted in my room of all the towns if I lose track. I visit IHSA.org every day in the morning to try to memorize a conference. I've been doing it now for almost four years four years now, just trying to remember every conference and every school. And what hurts, what kills me is when teams go to eight-man football or teams uh, join other teams. It kills my brain. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what, it was just tough for me to pull up our conference opponents. So uh, now you're talking about multitude opponents because I want to make sure I had our had our conference. You know, you got a pretty good idea what, it, or at least I had a pretty good idea what it was when I talked to our coach today. But I'm like, I, be, I better write these down and make sure I've got this right. So I can only imagine the stuff that you've got to keep track of and, and how you do that in, in your head. Has there been any changes in coaches that have surprised you or changes that you've seen maybe conference-wise or whatever that you're aware of or in style and play that maybe we should be aware of in 2020 with teams that you say, man, I can't believe this person left or they're coming in? Or in football, does most of that stay pretty pretty static? There, you know, there's not a lot of change. Well, in high school football, I've been seeing a trend especially in the last two years of really great football coaches just throwing the towel and saying that they're done either because of parents or because of other things. They just don't have the time to do it. I'd say the biggest coaching change for me that really was really shocking was uh, Besklis leaving Coach B, leaving Manuka. I was really shocked by that. Yeah, and so those are some of the things, you know, probably the average person isn't, you know, unless you're impacted by it, isn't aware of. But I thought it's important to know. I know there's not as much movement as there is when you get in the higher levels of college and pros and stuff, but I'm sure there are some movements that make you scratch your head and say, what the heck is that? You know, what happened? Yeah. There? But um, so yeah. I, I wanted to also uh, tell you that every person I have on in the county pulse, I ask, what is your favorite charity and why? And one of the reasons I do that is because thinking through all the stuff that we're going through, thinking the stuff that I'm going through personally, I started thinking about and now being retired. I was in conflict resolution, which last five years was more conflict than there was resolution. But I found a lot of folks on the other side now that I'm away from it. And even some of them when I was there were pretty good. We're actually pretty good people. And it's like my oldest brother says, you're either a good person or you're a bad person. And so, and I remind people, you're going to, you could get a hundred people talk to you today. 99 are going to say great things. One person is going to say bad. And we're going to remember that one person. So my job is to get people to focus back on what we do. So what is your favorite charity and why? My favorite charity is uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And the reason why is I was diagnosed when I was coaching high school football at Westman. I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And I was a big supporter of it's the kid. 
uh, worry about the kids more than the adults. The adults have lived their life. The kids are living through pain, and that's why I always support St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Yeah, very good. You know, and, and just so you know, what I have is, is called hepatopulmonary syndrome. It's called HPS. And okay. I, I got shot down twice, as, and, and I mentioned this before we came on the air. I went to a couple hospitals in Chicago. Both of them said no. I think they had some faulty tests uh, compared to where I ended up at, but we finally ended up and were, was referred to by my cardiologist to go up to Mayo. And on my, I have to have a, a transplant. So on my transplant team, a guy came in and started talking to me and I knew his name and I didn't know him, but I knew his name. He was the person that discovered this syndrome many, many years ago. So he's the world renowned guy about this. And I said to him, I feel like I'm alone. I don't know anybody, you know, and most doctors don't know anything about this. And is there a place we can go for support and for other people so they're not alone? And I said, because I want to start a podcast. I'm doing podcasts for other stuff, but I want to do it for folks that we, you know, we call a paddle pulmonary syndrome, HPS, for HPS, yeah. and do some, uh, and and then design a website for them to go to of what I've experienced, what they can experience, what they can expect. And he thought that was a fantastic idea. And so he said, that is such a great idea. I'm going to send you some stuff and I'm going to help you with this. And so last, he called me, didn't have his staff call me, he called me last week about one of my tests. And then we got to talking about this and we spent some time going over all this stuff. And I'm thinking, one, I'm talking not just to a doctor, I'm talking to a guy who He's the expert in the world about this, and he's really excited about educating people. And so I think for me, it's really important to have resources out there, no matter what it is. Sometimes it can be serious, like we talked about, what you know, from what you had and uh, when you spoke of St. Jude's, what I have, but what deep dish football does as well. And, you know, I think I want to make sure that people understand that deep dish football and it's important that they know this. You do this out of your own pocket. And there are costs yeah. to the great service you provide, costs for the internet, costs for the computer, uh, costs for all this stuff. And so for anyone listening, uh, you know, I'm going to encourage you to go to Deep Dish Football website. It's at www.deepdishfootball.com. It's deepdishfootball.com. It's pretty simple. And donate a few bucks to Coach Pete and Deep Dish Football. And I want to let you know that when we get off here, I'm going to make a donation to your uh, to you, and encourage wow. people to do that. And I want to I want to continue to do that, uh, just as Jeff Dexter, um, to help you out um, because wow. I think what you provide is important. And and I I want you to also explain to me you you've kind of indicated this is your last year as the publisher. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's time it's time for me to go. It's time. <laughs> I, I it's it's feeling like I'm yelling at the moon now. So, okay. Well, I I don't know what you know. I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other. I, let me just tell you my opinion on it. I think you do a great job. I'm not saying there's not other great people, but you do a great job. And of course, I haven't known any other publisher, but I've known, you know, I've known you in the sense that I've been able to. 
watch you and listen to you and listen to your advice. And it's, it's always been right on. So from my perspective, if there's no one out there that wants to be publisher seven or whatever, stick around, Pete, we'd love to have you. And, uh, I know it's, uh, it's a lot on you, but you gotta be keeping busy with this. And, uh, one of the reasons I started the podcast too, beyond, of trying to recognize the great things you do is to also then talk about our our schools, our programs, coaches, student athletes in the county and south. They get, often get overlooked. So I thought this might be a way to get recognition out to our folks, but more importantly, in this case, to educate players on how to get information and recruitment information without costing them and their parents an arm and a leg, right? Um, thank you so much. Uh, much appreciated, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, and so it sounds like you're doing some interesting, great things. It's going to be an interesting year for high school football, and I'm sure everyone's excited to get the kids back in the classroom. Uh, they could be driving you crazy. It could be you just want them to learn. Uh, but the kids want to get back, too. After about two weeks, they yeah. like interacting, so they want to get back, and so we're anxious to get them back in the fall. And we'd love to have you back on again, Coach, uh, to, to continue to work and talk about Definitely. deep dish football. And I'm going to continue yeah. to push this for you to stick around. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever I can do to help uh, deep dish football or help you in any way of what's going on here, please let me know. I think you've been down to Bradley. You've met Coach Cole, uh, Coach Vogel. I love them. Yeah. I love them both. They're the greatest coaches. Yeah, we're, we're blessed to have them in our community. And I'll be honest with you, we're blessed to have you here as well. Uh, I know you're not in our community, but to provide this resource. And so I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate everything you're doing. And it's really been a pleasure talking to you, man. And so I'm going to peek in on you here and there. You might see me on your Facebook Lives asking some questions. And remember, easy on me this is all still new to me if you if you want to talk labor relations i can i can educate you want to talk softball football i'm still a newbie i'm just now crawling everything's good thank you for having me much appreciated definitely ask questions at the facebook live sessions hey sounds good man take care coach and it was good talking to you definitely great talking to you i'm welcome to come back and whenever you need me okay thanks again Thanks for listening to the County Pulse Podcast. Make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The County Pulse. And drop a follow on each so you'll be able to take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond. And beyond.